Hello, Texans. Welcome to the program. Great to have you listening on a Tuesday night. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you as we talk Texans. What else are we going to talk about on Texans All Access? Don't get me all philosophical right now. I've been in the hot sun a lot lately, and I could certainly go for a while on that. I wrote, Johnny, remember this morning we had John McClain on, hmm. and yep. I started talking about the Junction Boys for whatever reason. You did. So I wrote about that Vandermeer's view as well <laughs> because you? I'm just like, look, let's just talk football, right? Yeah. And it comes up because it's training camp and people start thinking about the Junction Boys, which I thought might have been a dated reference, but you guys assured me that it is not. It's one of those that there's certain references that they're aged, but they're not dated. Right. That's a well-put description. Yeah, they're aged, but they're not dated. I just came up with that on the fly, but I think it's pretty good. <laughs> I think it works. But, yeah, when you think of any time you mention training camp, that's what you think about. Yeah. Like, oh, man, remember the Junction Boys? I remember the first time I heard of some some team doing three-a-days. My buddy Mike Zerline uh, had moved to New Orleans, and he went to the high school that Gary Waller went to, uh, River Ridge John Curtis, famous school in just outside of suburban New Orleans. They win state championships left and right. I remember Mike, we used to have grueling two-a-days. But it was one in the morning. You went back home. You just, like, sat there and waited for the second practice. It was brutal. They did three-a-days in New Orleans. And I'm like, and he said, Johnny, we hit three times a day. Hit. Hit three times, three a, day. times a day. And I remember Lovey saying that the other day. He was talking to us. He was like, well, you know, John, they we did nine and se- nine on seven twice a day. And I thought... That's brutal. That is yeah. brutal to think back to what we were doing and think, huh, some common sense has kind of like dawned on all of us. But <laughs> Junction Boys, there was not the it was not about common sense. Bear Bryant was Bear Bryant was all about just proving which guys are the toughest guys. And he found his guys and he built a championship team with them eventually. Nineteen fifty-four yep. and guys were dropping out. They were falling out and dropping out like flies. And John McClain put it so eloquently this morning. Nobody died. So there's <laughs> that. And here at this training camp, it's not two a days, three days. It's one a day, but they meet, they get together. I was talking to Roy Lopez about this, who we will hear from shortly, about what the rest of the day is like, because mm-hmm. I think people are curious, especially since if you're at practice, and by the way, tomorrow there's still some availability. So go to HoustonTexans.com or the Texans app to find out about training camp tickets and game tickets, which yes. are also very important. One week from Saturday, preseason opener, New Orleans Saints. Be there at NRG. It's going to be a lot of fun to see New Orleans coming here. But talking about these things with Roy Lopez, look, people are curious. If you see them practice, they're back in the building by 10, 30, 11 o'clock. What are they doing? They're doing a lot of things. They're meeting. I'm surprised they're not napping. I would think a nap is really important. Yeah, it's there. It's, it's there, there at some point. They, they come back in, and then they get a lift in. Which is hugely important during training camp because I, I, if you don't get that lift in, just all that work you did in the summer is is easily going to go out the door. So you get they get a lift in, they get lunch in, then they've got special teams meeting, then they got O and D meetings, then they got a team meeting, and then they probably have some walkthrough at some point. Yeah, they probably have a walkthrough. We mentioned the walkthrough room on a show. Yeah. And described it. They go from now. A lot of guys. I got here at six o'clock. I think I got here five forty-five, six o'clock this morning. And the building was pretty much hopping by the time I got here. So these guys are here. There's no telling what time Justin Brick gets here in the morning. I mean, it's dark, that's for sure. These guys are here early, and they're staying, I mean, 7, 30, 8 o'clock, maybe, maybe longer. Are a lot of guys in the it's nearby hotel day. where they can go take I know a the break? the quarterbacks are. 
The quarterbacks are, yeah. <laughs> the quarterbacks are because David Shaw's birthday was two days ago, and they had all the different NFL players and some of his legendary players send him a birthday message. Yeah. And Davis was very quick to tell Coach Shaw on his birthday message, hey, happy birthday, Coach Shaw. Uh, yeah, I'm just here in, in the hotel because, you know, Pep's making a stay in the hotel. <laughs> it's just so and he fun. knows Pep. He knows Pep. He so. worked there. Yeah, he's like, yeah, Pep, one of the quarterbacks in the hotel. Uh, but anyway, and then he hey, went on to something else. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Focus. I mean, what could be more important right now? You want right to be great at this. Yeah. So I don't mind it. I don't. I don't have any problem with. It. I know the players can get frustrated with it, but it's that. It's that feeling of it's hey, not going to be forever. We're all together. We're here. Mm -hmm. There's, it, you know, James Palmer mentioned that this morning. He was talking about going away to training camp. I know the Green Bar the first time. I mean, it was awesome. Both times were awesome. The first time it got long. When we went back after the first preseason game, I thought, okay, this is too much. That that was a little bit much. But it had that feel of we're all up here together. Yeah. It's just it's just us. It does bring you together. It, it you have and that. The Greenbrier is not Junction, by no, the way. No, it's not. It's the opposite <laughs> of Junction. <laughs> Do you think Bear Bryant would have let us have uh, our uh, time at Slam and Sammy's? Yeah. Well, that's the broadcast crew. Bear yeah. Bryant. Yeah. Over the broadcast crew in 1954. Get out there. No water before you get on the air. None. Third if you segment. get dry mouth, you just keep talking. Third segment. Texas all. Access. Are you kidding? John. Have these people seen me during a game? I have three different kinds of beverages in front of me during a game. Oh, yeah. I have water. I have coffee. Mm -hmm. And I have a Coca-Cola, which I don't normally drink. Right. But during a game, I have one for whatever reason. I guess it's the caffeine and the sugar, baby. But it all works well for me. Yeah, I, I have always... If I'm up in the booth, I want water all the time. Mm -hmm. Or I want something to drink all the time. I'm down in the field, I don't have that luxury. So I, I try and make it. Now, I'm obviously not talking as much as you and Dre, but still, just having that down there, especially on a hot day. I remember Los Angeles, uh, 19. Ooh, it was a little steamy. That might have been the hottest booth I've ever been in, by the way. That was that was which is crazy to think about. That was, you know, first world problems. It's but it was tough. Yeah, exactly. What am I saying? I'm not complaining. <laughs> no, I mean, put me all. in there every week. Not I don't at care. all. Uh Johnny, straight me out on this. Because I'm watching practice. I don't think Davis Mills has thrown a pick, at least not one with that we've seen, that I've seen. Ooh, you putting that on him? Ooh, did I just jinx Announcer him? jinx? Did I just do the no hitter during a no hitter no, jinx? No, no, that's okay. Uh, that's a bad move by me. It can only be an announcer jinx in the actual process okay. of. Okay. So if we were announced, if we're on the radio tomorrow uh -huh. and he's doing some stuff out on the field and we're still on the radio and you bring it up then, then you would put the jinx on him. I don't think there's anything wrong with throwing a pick or two, by the no, way, because care. it means you're taking chances, pushing the envelope. Okay, I'm not going to do that again. I've All that stuff is fine. This is the time of year when you want to be making your mistakes and learning from them, which is the key part, the key follow in any mistake you could possibly make. And we had Landry on late in the show, and he said it looked like Mills' best practice. Yeah, yet. it was good. And I didn't see every stitch of it. I know you're watching extra. Mm -hmm. But, man, looked pretty good today. And as I compliment the quarterback, I want to be very clear. Receivers, O-line, everybody's yeah. involved. It's a cumulative effort. It's an ensemble out there. And they look good today. And as I say that, this is what I want you to straighten me out on. Not just that, but – I still feel like, because my son asked me this, my 16-year-old one-man market research focus group, my mm -hmm. son, Vanderkid1, he said, well, Dad, are they going to get takeaways? Because they're not getting takeaways, it sounds like. 
And I said, I'm not worried at all about that. Once you get the lights on and get these guys flying around up front, getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks, I think the takeaways are going to be coming, and it'll be a Lovey Smith typical defensive performance, which means a lot of takeaways. Your thoughts? I think so, too. I don't know if it'll be as many as last year, but when you have a focus of getting takeaways – and you're doing things that we saw the guys doing last year, just the punch outs, uh, being in position on interceptions. And obviously they play a, a decent amount of zone defense. And so you have the opportunity to read quarterback's eyes and make plays and, and you know, jump routes at certain points and, and take advantage of some young quarterbacks that you might be facing and things. I don't worry too much about that because Lovey's defenses have always generated takeaways. He finds, and they have found players over the years to come in and go get takeaways. So I'm not panicking too much about that. And I'm not panicking in any way, shape, or form about Davis throwing picks or not throwing picks. What I am more excited about is the fact that Davis looks to be making good decisions with the ball. And it's Mm. not just check down Charlie stuff. No, Saturday was a little bit because the defense – had no respect to the run. They weren't pads yet. Once they've gotten pads on and the threat of the run became real, now some of those linebackers are quick to fly out of there. Now those safeties have to take a look in the backfield and think it might be run. They can't just back straight up and get into their pass drop and make it really hard for Davis and the quarterbacks to make those throws. But Davis is even among he's, – he's not he's, – that's the right way of saying this. He's not shying away from making throws because, ooh, I don't want to throw an interception. Yeah, I don't. I don't see that. He's still sticking throws. When they did a two minute drill, there was a fourth and fifteen, and obviously fourth and fifteen, you got to get it. But he throws, he throws a laser to, yep. to uh, Chris Conley. Now it was behind him a little bit because Conley was getting shoved by the DB, so Conley jumps and reaches back and makes a great catch. And then with it twenty one twenty with I don't know seventeen seconds left. Davis goes down the middle of the field on seam route, right down the middle of the field against Tampa 2 with Brevin Jordan. And Brevin was kind of step for step with Kirksey. So Davis back shouldered him, basically. He essentially threw Brevin short. Yeah. Leaving Kirksey with his back to him. Kirksey running on by. So it was like a back shoulder throw. Brevin then was able to react, make the catch, and they were able to stop the clock with a timeout, get a touchdown. So he's making, I'll say, daring throws. But it's not like he's throwing flat routes and, and right. slants the whole time. Yeah. He's all over the place. Still not really connecting a deep ball that much, but that's okay. Kyle Allen has thrown a couple of them, but Kyle's also thrown a couple of skew, but down in the red zone. Ooh. Wow. Red zone was Davis. effective. Yeah. I thought it was very, very good in the red zone today. Yeah. Very and, good. And it looks like the kind of thing that if you had seen this last year, I'd be jumping out of my skin. Yeah. This year. What a progression from last year. So just keep going. Just keep getting better. Yeah. You have the Colts on September 11th at NRG Stadium. We're not talking enough about the opener, I've got a feeling, but we will get to that. Johnny, we're about to go D-line heavy here. Are you okay. ready for this? I love because this. Roy Lopez, Ross Blacklock, mm-hmm. back-to-back back right now, right off the practice field. It is fun. And let's start with Big Roy Roy Lopez, and let's get into pads, no pads. What's the difference to him out there on the fields of the Houston Methodist Training Center? Difference between pads and no pads when you do what you do. I mean, it's a mosh pit in there with that old line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is where you make your money. You know, that's a today was one of those days. You know, where 
And, and you know, a guy asked me, "How was today? Today was a nose guard day. You know, it was, oh, yeah. it was, it was banging. It was double teams. It was holding the point of contact. You know, you got to get used to, you know, not having all the glory sometimes. And it takes a special character to do that. So thankfully, you know, my my uh, my position group, you know, the D line, we're, we're we all have the same goal is, is to go after the quarterback, get after the running back, and, and and share the love with each other. You know, we're not we're not one guy. We're not an individual group. We, we work together. So well, there's not a lot of glory sometimes because a big part of your job description is to often take on a double team and not get moved, and then somebody else is making a play at a right. sack. And right. hey, I wasn't exactly not doing anything. Yeah. So how do you deal with that part of it? I love it. I yeah. love it. I love to see. That's why. Um, I'm big on celebrations. You know, people always ask me celebrations, but I like other people's celebrations. You know, I like when I take a double team, Kamu shoots the gap and he makes the play, and they have the clip. He's like, "Give me that!" You know, and he throws a punch, and that's that's I love it. You know, I feed off of that. that once I see that, that okay, let's go, let's go. That's all right. Cause next, now I know next time the old line is gonna come for get Kamu. Right. Now I can make my play. You know, it's, it's everything works together. Everything's in use. Everybody's got a gap. Everybody's got a job, and that's something that love you starts from. From the top to the bottom, we understand our job. Just, just get your one of eleven done on defense, and let's go. No joint practices this year, so how is that going to be? As you really get to know the tendencies, and you might know them already, of the guys you're facing every day of practice. Right. Um, I didn't have it last year either, so I haven't, I haven't had the luxury of a, of a joint practice. So, uh, me and Britt have been battling for two years, just yeah. going at it, and day after day. So that's something that me and Britt, you know, we we take pride in it. We take pride in our, in our daily battles, you know, and. We understand, you know, wrestling in there is, 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 is just going, leaning on one another, leverage and fighting. And, and so that's, we compete every day. But we also, me and Britt have a great friendship. And we understand that we're getting ready for somebody else, you know. So um, we're going to keep competing, keep getting after it. And, and he's teaching me a lot about the game. He's a, he's a vet, you know. So I'm, I'm very blessed and appreciative to be battling against him every day. And um, I learn a lot from him. He teaches me a lot about my game and how far we can take it. Roy Lopez with us. We see you out here on the practice field. I see you in the halls inside, but what's the rest of the day like in a typical training camp day? What can you tell us? Yeah, we got meetings, lift, um, taking care of your body. That's the big thing. You know, you come in as a rookie and last year, and I didn't I didn't know much about taking care of your body. You know, cold tub, hot tub, I get it, da da da. But to see the massages, the dry needles, the soft tissue, and just always trying to stay on top of those things because in the long run, they're going to get back to you. And that's something I've learned from the vets in my room, Malik Collins, Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison. You know, all these guys have always, has always, you see them in there, so you're like, okay, I got to get in there. You know, and it's something that whether they, they tell you with their voice or they tell you with their actions, you listen. You know, so I'm very, very blessed to learn from the guys in my room. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can swap shoes with them one day and, and uh, be the vet in the room and show the younger guys. Roy, do you get any time to yourself this time of year? Like at night, can you watch some Netflix? I mean, how do you handle that? Yeah, at night. At night, we, we get home, and uh, it's late, but, you know, I find time to listen to music. I'm not a big TV show um, guy, but I watch them if I like them, but I like to listen to music. I lay down, I stretch, foam roll, and uh, I throw on some old school music and just relax, think to myself, breathe, and... Uh, sit down and talk to my ladies. So. All right, what is old school music to you? Key Sweat. I like R&B. Okay. So new school, old school R&B, um, Key Sweat, all, all, everything. When well, you go back to like the 70s and the spinners, the stylistics, Al Green. Yeah, I'm not okay. going that far. All right. Um, I know some, but no, when I get home, I, I like to sing along and yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and calm down. But I like, I like 2000, 1990s. 
Uh, I might touch a little 1980s R&B too, but it's not too much. Liberty 1990s R&B. Uh, one more for you. Rasheem Green just walked by, and you got some new additions on the D-line and on the front seven in general. What are they contributing to this team right now? Yeah, it's it's friendly and it's friendly competition. It's we're all going after it, you know. But it, but the thing is, we all have this goal that we all share and we all appreciate each other because we know what we want. We want we want to get the quarterback. We want to stop the run. We want to be noticed. You know, a lot, a lot of these guys used to be noticed, and then they fell out of the picture. Yeah. But they're still here balling, and it's, it's something that we, we take, you know, to heart to hold each other accountable. And um, that's something we hold ourselves to. And, and we, you know, we're trying to rush. We're trying to get to the quarterback and, and, and make plays, you know, make it make it easier for the back end of the defense. So um, our room is stacked, man. We, you're in a room. I'm telling you, we're in a room with Mario Addison, Jerry Hughes, Malik Collins, Ross, Ross Blacklock. Derek Rivers, Jonathan Green, Rasheem Green, it's yeah. uh, Bernard, my bad, but it's 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 a uh, a lot of minds, a lot of smart pass rushing minds that that like to go. So I'm I'm very blessed to be able to bounce ideas off of them and learn. I'm 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 learning. I'm still learning. So I'm always learning, and uh, I look forward to just keep growing with, with these guys, and it's gonna be fun. Great to visit with you, Roy. Thanks yes, a lot. Sir. Thank you. All right, there's our buddy Roy Lopez. Always fun to visit with Roy, who made the trip to Mexico this offseason, had that Galveston Mardi Gras event. He had a lot of off-field stuff that was fun. On the field, he's doing a great job so far. Ross Blacklock, he was drafted in 2020. So this is year three for Ross on the D-line. It's a crowded group up there. And, John Harris, you had a chance to visit with him. I like this. All right, man, you know I love my Fort Bend County homeboys. One of them joins me right now, Ross Blacklock. Ross, you played high school ball here. You played TCU. Now you're here in Houston. Do you ever get used to the searing heat, even at 945 in the morning, ever? Nah, never. It's, it's always going to be here, man. You can't hide from it. feel like you can bake a cookie on the sidewalk right now. <laughs> you know. Do you have some dudes that are from the Northeast or from the North that are still trying to adjust to the defensive line room? Uh, you said Northeast? Yeah. yeah. A lot of guys from up North, a lot of guys from up East. You know, my biggest uh, thing with them, whenever they ask me for advice how hot it was, just I'd stay down here for offseason a little bit longer yeah, than going yeah. up North because you just got to get used to it being – because we're here every day. The only way we're going in that indoor – is if it's, if it's snowing or raining, blizzard, whatever you want to call it, but that's really about it. That indoor looks nice every single day I walk out here, and I'm like, we ain't going in there. That, that ain't going to happen. It's your third year, and it's the really the first year that you kind of had a normal training camp or what we would consider normal. What's been the biggest key for you thus far through a few days, through the first week for you guys at training camp? Honestly, just stacking the days, getting to know our guys, getting to uh, understand how guys play. Uh, just following Lovey's system and just, you know, just being trustworthy to everybody around you. You know, guys want to make plays. That's yeah. the end of the day. That's what everybody wants to do. But we got to go by a system. We got to go by certain rules, um, keys and everything. So once we get all those down packed with guys and guys are comfortable playing around each other, you know, I think we'll be have, we'll have something special kind of like how we did last year, how we turned our defense around and stuff like that. You guys got a big defensive line room. Now, you may split up at some point with interior guys, that, uh, you know, outside guys. You got a big defensive line room. What's that like? And it feels like you guys are all pretty close. Yeah, yeah, we really got a big defensive line room. Just, uh, just relationships. Guys been knowing guys from other teams. Um, just getting to know each other. Just like I said, just trusting each other. Just understanding where we are as 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 grown men, and just knowing the the goal at the end of the day is to win championships, to win games. Um, once you got guys like that all on one accord, you know, it makes a lot of things much more easier. In 2020, it seemed like you set a trend. Local guy drafted with the Texans. 
this past year. Kenyon Green drafted to the Texans. Austin Deculus comes to Texas. You sort of set a trend, but how cool is it that you get to play your high school ball here and then come back and play your professional ball here? It's pretty cool. I actually get to start the trend. You know, I'll, I'll take yeah. I'll, I'll take, take full, credit to full credit of that. Um, and it's just amazing seeing like guys like Kendall here, uh, Kenyon, uh, Jerry back here. Um, there's a lot of guys, just you know, hometown heroes. Uh, I said another in another report the other day. It's kind of like the H Town takeover they had yeah. in Houston, uh, University of Houston, a while ago. But we're just doing it the Texans way, you know. Yeah. Um, but I know guys love being here. Just just blessed to be able to play home. You know, my parents be here. I've never imagined this in my all my years of playing. Uh, I never thought I had this opportunity, but I'm just beyond blessed to be here. All right, I know this because my man Tyler Sutterth was working on this for weeks, and he kept asking my opinion. You're a cinematic star, man. How'd you like the homegrown special on you? It was great. It was great. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Was it. Good. My mom sent me every segment like I didn't do it. So it's like, <laughs> but man, just like I said, it's just an honor. It's just, just complete blessing. Um, I couldn't see myself playing anywhere else. I mean, I could, but I honestly wouldn't want to. Man, Houston is my home. I love it here. Um, I want to end my career here, no matter what, no matter where the, where, where God takes me, where He brings me. Um, you know, just excitement. Just I just want to turn this program around and just let it be the organization that we know it could be. Yep. So it just all takes time, baby steps. You know, did very well, homegrown. Go check it out, HoustonTexas.com. You mentioned one name that always intrigues me, and that's Jerry Hughes. This shows you my age. My dad actually coached against Jerry when Jerry was a running back yeah. over at uh, Austin, Austin High, School. High School. My dad coached against him, kept telling me about this running back who was playing defense at TCU. But now he's the OG, and he's here. Yeah. How valuable is it to have guys like Jerry, like Mario Addison, in your D-line room that can maybe see things because they've done it, they've been there? How important are they to your room? Very important. Um, they drop a lot of knowledge for us, uh, a lot of knowledge that um, – we didn't we, we we didn't have in our room as much. You know, Malik Collins was, was a help with that guy, yep. with that with he is, and um, just having more more older vets in the room, just teaching this stuff. You know, you you learn a lot from teammates, and a lot of people don't realize that until you get guys like that in your room. You know, your coach of course teaches you everything, techniques and style, but you learn a lot more from the teammates because you're with them every day, you play with them every day, you understand you understand them a lot more. Um, they helped us a whole bunch, you know, and I just I'm just excited to be able to get to play next to them and just keep learning and growing. Ross Blacklock, appreciate your time, man. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Thank you. There's Johnny with Ross Blacklock. Coming up, our buddy James Palmer from NFL Network, former Houston TV sportscaster for CSN Houston, did a great job here, does a phenomenal job with NFL Network, has sat in on Good Morning Football on the NFL Network a lot. Always fun to catch up with him. And he reluctantly, no, I'm joking, I might have been reluctantly. I don't know. But he came on the air with us. Uh, he had no choice. So let's hear some of that next here on Texans Radio. If you haven't joined us in the morning on our Texans Training Camp live shows, live from the Houston Methodist Training Center, where have you been, really? We have so much fun on those programs from the practice field. Thursday, actually, we're going to be in studio, the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio at NRG Stadium, because there is no practice. But we decided to give you a special treat that day. Nick Casario will join us live at 9 a.m. But this morning, we had a special visit right off the bat. James Palmer from NFL Network used to work here in Houston. You know, he was hovering around the tent talking to Johnny. And I just said, get on the air, please. We need you on the air. Here's that visit. I didn't even get a chance to put my bag down. And Mark's <laughs> like, grab a headset. Get Let's on go. the air. And then I'm walking in the front door and... I mean, you know, these interns are here, new ones every year. Hopefully they stay in the league. And they're like, you need a map to, to get around. <laughs> and I was like, no, man, I'm good. I don't need a map. I'm, I'm ready to be here. Well, they saw that NFL network, and they thought you might need it. Right. You yeah. might need it. It's been, a, it's 
been a minute since you since you've been here. You've been dancing True. around. So where have you been? I know you. Well, I know you've been in Denver and Las Vegas. The only mm-hmm. two you've been to so far. Because okay. listen, I haven't spent a whole lot of time at home the last couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Every year in in uh, Denver, they start with a uh, quarterback uh, competition. Right. This year, not so much. Right. <laughs> Uh, Russell Wilson, so stayed for the whole first week. It was wild. So I got a chance to sit down with Russ and sit down with Hackett and, and see what they're kind of building there in that, in that division, which is wild. Uh, so then I still have Kansas City after this, going up to uh, Minnesota for the owner's vote on the ownership with the Houston Texans, with the uh, we're with these things with the Denver Broncos. You scared me yeah. for a minute. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Is something happening? <laughs> like something well, we, we didn't know. Texans ownership will be there. Um, so going up there for the for the Broncos ownership, which should be a pretty quick vote. But uh, yeah, making the rounds, man. I'm I'm I'm, I'm excited to be down here because I'll be honest. As we jump kind of into this, talking to people around the league and everything and during camp and stuff, like there's one thing when I was saying I was coming here that, that kept coming up with a couple different GMs was like, I really like the Texans draft. Like that's yeah. a, that's like a thing around the league, kind of like I really like this this draft down in Houston. So I'm excited to see some of these young guys, man. I'm I'm excited to, to see how a couple of them are. Uh, I, I know a couple of them, and I'm I'm kind of excited to see what they can do uh, at this level. You're only missing stretching right now, so I don't feel guilty at all for <laughs> yeah, having you I'm, on. As I'm like peering around the corner, I'm yeah. of course you might be missing a live national TV hit, but who cares? No, all right, all right. you're with us, and that's what counts. All right, tell me about Denver. This is the first road trip for the Texans this year. So, what do you see in there with Russell Wilson in the fold and the new coaching staff? Well, I mean, the defense early on is obviously ahead of this offense because they're playing the same system they were playing with Vic Fangio with uh, Averro coming in. And so, it, obviously, they're going to be ahead of ahead of Russ in that offense as they're installing something new because that, that secondary is Justin Simmons, Pat Sertan, Ronald Darby, Kareem Jackson, who you guys know. They're, yeah. they're beyond excited to have Kareem back. I was kind of touch and go for a second, but I think having a safety duo – that works really well together. I was in talking to some defense. people about this. And that defense is so important. Yep. And and you look at some of these teams and uh, ultimate name drop, talking to one of the greatest safeties of all time and Steve Atwater uh, when I was up there was like, you know, if you have these two guys that can work back and forth as your safety duo, it changes what you do as a defense. You yep. can cover up holes, cover up mistakes. You saw in Cincinnati how good Vaughn Bell and Jesse Bates work together with subpar Johnny like corner play oh bad <laughs> yeah no so bad just go all the way i was trying bad. to be polite it's more it's early but yeah, yeah bad, bad corner play and and they can make up for a lot of things and they love the way kareem and and and, and justin simmons work together so I, I this offense is is a work in progress right now i think you're going to see the deep ball a lot uh they love the way obviously russ throws it. it's one of the better deep balls in, in, in football but i don't think right now they have anybody in the receiver group that's as good as dk metcalf or tyler lockett and, yeah. and tyler lockett is criminally underrated in his ability to yep. judge, a, judge a ball in the air and his ability to track a ball. I think Cortland Sutton's going to have a big year, but offensively, all eyes, like a lot of teams, like I just came from the Raiders, offensive line's going to be a big, big uh, you know, focal point for if they can protect Russ and, and have this offense work. But I, I, I like all the pieces around him. I think Javante Williams is going to be a star at the running yep. back spot in his second season. I think one of the things also about playing with Russ is understanding when the play is not over. Yeah. And understanding that part of it. And I remember hearing uh tight end that went Jimmy Graham talk about that. You know, in New Orleans, he turned, the ball was there. He ran his route, the ball was there. He get to the spot he wanted, the ball was there. That was just the difference. He got to Seattle, he get to his route, and Russ is scrambling. He's mm-hmm. like, Okay, how do I do this? How do I adjust? And so the Broncos receivers are definitely gonna have to do that. You also went to Las Vegas. That's gonna mm-hmm. be another road trip uh for the Texans after the bye week. You saw almost a catastrophic injury. I saw this hit yesterday. I walked inside after practice, and I'm kind of catching up on Twitter. And 
I see you and you and I, the, the tweet was great because it got me to buy in. And I listened to you describe it. And I'm like, oh, my God, my heart would have been in my shoes. But other than Hunter Renfro almost taking out Devontae Adams on the sideline, what did you learn about the Raiders when you went there? Yeah. And first off, I, Rappaport was so mad at me because he's like, your storytelling's terrible. You should have told the Raiders fans right in the beginning, like, <laughs> everybody's okay. okay. But I didn't. Like, no, that's just, perfect. That's great storytelling. Yeah, that's what I told him. I said, listen, keep him right man. there the whole time. We're not all, using inverted pyramid here. Yes. Exactly. Like, Ian, not all of our lives work in 240 characters. Like, we yeah. can drag something <laughs> out here. Like, we can, you know, play something. But listen, and it wasn't almost taking out Devontae Adams. He took Devontae Adams out. Derek Carr was like, gave me a hug after practice. It was like, did you see what almost happened? Like yeah. it was like his whole life, his whole world was almost gone, in the in the blink of an eye. I, I, it's it's kind of similar to you know to to Denver to where they made all these moves, right? You get Chandler Jones and and you and you go and get Devontae Adams, and the offensive line was an issue last year. I mean, I think they tied for like 19th in sacks allowed, and and Derek is under pressure a lot. They didn't really make any moves on the offensive line to make that group better at all, and you're gonna have a guy like. What I'm told, Lester Cotton, starting yeah. at like right guard, who's been cut like four times yeah. by the Raiders, uh, undrafted guy out of Alabama a couple years ago, and Alex Leatherwood's running with the threes, Ooh. first round pick from a year ago. Um, it's it's been an interesting watch on that group up front to protect Derek because we know, I mean, I'd like to get your guys' opinion, but I think it's top three in terms of group of pass catchers that Derek yeah, yeah. has: Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and Devontae Adams. Maybe top two. And if he doesn't have time to get him the football, it's going to be an interesting story. But I, I, I think there's some question marks in their secondary for sure. Um, D-line should be good. They were, they were really good getting pressure with four last yep. year. And in that division, you definitely have to do that because uh, if you blitz any of those quarterbacks, they're going to burn you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'd say O-line in, in both those spots are really the, the main keys. James Palmer with us from NFL Network. I know you got things to do, but we have a couple of more questions here. Yeah. So you went to Denver, went to the Raiders. Now you're here. Where else are you going, and where do you look forward to go as a training camp site? We know you look forward to come here because you're do. a former yeah. Houston resident. But who has a really cool camp that you like to visit? Um, Seattle is one of my favorite camps to visit just because I don't know how many camps are literally on a lake. People yeah. are on boats watching camp. There's oh. a DJ, uh, <laughs> Turf the Dogs up there, which is a beautiful chocolate lab uh, that the head grounds crew guy has running around chasing geese off the field. Um, it's it's just an awesome setting up in Seattle. That's usually one of my favorite spots. Um, I like the teams that try to get away. I still like that. Yeah. I loved when I would do Texans at the Greenbrier. So and did we. you know, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> actually, I had some memories pop up the other day on like Instagram, like mm-hmm. me talking to JJ and Tyron and everybody there. Um, but I, I, I like going up to St. Joe because I, I just love when teams stay at a school and, 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 you know, when the Chiefs do that, you know, north of the city, it's always kind of fun when everybody's coming out of their dorms and going to the practice field. I'm going to be there next weekend for a few days with, with Mooch. So that should be, you know, we'll get Andy for sure if Mooch is there. So. Uh, it, it, I like I like those settings where the guys are with each other every single minute of every single day. James, I know the Texans aren't the talking point in the league, um, and if they were, it was probably for you know the Sean Watson thing, whatever. But when the topic of Davis Mills comes up around the league, what what do you hear about him? Are people curious about him? Are they oh the Texans won't do anything until they move on from him? What's kind of the prevailing thought that you hear about Davis? Yeah, that's a good question because I, I was hosting Good Morning Football two weeks ago for the week in New York, and we were doing something about landing spots for Jimmy Garoppolo. And somebody was like, well, I think it's going to be the Houston Texans. I'm like, look at him. I'm like, what? I, I mean, I don't see it right now because right. I, I, I know that what they think they have in, in Davis and, and everybody else at the table was looking at the guy going like, no, man. Like, 
I, I think we all want to see what Davis Mills can do. And, yeah. that, and that's kind of the perception around the league is, like, they really want to see what they got because of the way it finished last year. Yeah. And, and that's a main reason why. And I think, you know, I, the, his name actually really kept coming up when I was calling teams during the draft. Mm-hmm. When I was asking about all of these quarterbacks coming out in this draft. And his name kept coming up. Like, well, if he would have stayed a year. Yeah. He's the top quarterback. Like, teams were telling me that. Like, if he would have stayed a year, he would have been the first quarterback off the board this year. Like, that was a regular thing talking with teams with this group that was coming out this year. So I think people need to realize, and the right people do, it's not where he was picked because of the group of quarterbacks that were picked before him. It's what he did as a player. I mean, it was really him and Mac were the ones that that played last year and played well. And so I think the perception around the league is like, if he plays the way he played at the end of last year, and, and that's the future for the Houston Texans, and they had this draft capital moving forward, I mean, like, it's very similar in my mind to, like, Philly. Yeah. If you found the guy mm-hmm. and then you still have the picks, you yeah. just get to build around him. And that's what Philly did this past year is just build around Jalen. And if Houston can do that and you know he's the guy, like, poof. I love his demeanor. I, when I talk to people that have worked with him a lot, like, I love the way he's wired. The, key, the comp of, of Eli, I think, is pretty accurate uh, in terms of how his makeup is and how he handles himself and the calmness and, and that aspect of Eli. I, I, I see that comp. Just got to get to the postseason now. That's right. That's where Eli shine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How old is your baby now? Baby. You remember Nixon was the first child to appear on Comcast Sportsnet Houston, RIP. <laughs> uh, not the, the network, not my son. Um, he is nine now, Ooh, which oh is gosh. wild. Time uh, Soon flies. to be ten. Yeah. Is he still Time's in a sports flying. league with my nephew or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> I know they were doing something. Yes, they were. I do remember that. I That's do remember that. the Denver yeah. area. James, it's always so great to visit. It's yeah. wonderful to have you. Thanks for being here with I us. I love it. I love it, guys. Right. There's our buddy James Palmer from this morning. NFL Network doing hits here from Houston Texans training camp. As you heard, Ian Rappaport is also here. Coming up, more fun from this morning, among other things on the show, an old friend, an old coach, an old player at the U, a lot of things. And we're going to hear from him next. Tony Fitzpatrick, my buddy, and other stuff on the way as well here on Texans Radio. All right, we have this final segment here on Texans Radio tonight. And before we get to the guest, let me just remind you that tomorrow we're going to have Quentin Demps on the show at 845. 8 to 10 a.m. we'll be out there in the fields of the Houston Methodist Training Center for Texans Training Camp Live. Demps, former Texans safety, been here for a couple of stints He's now a Texans Legends ambassador. He's going to join us on the program. And then Friday on that program, about the same time, 845-ish, my buddy Jonathan Wells, running back from Ohio State. I go back with Jonathan. He doesn't know this, but we spent time together at the Meadowlands in 1999. He was with the Buckeyes, and I was with the Miami Hurricanes. So we didn't really spend time together, but I was in the same building. I probably realized that much more than he does. I might have brought that up to him. I don't know if he remembers or not. But – Of course, that's going to come up on Friday because that was my first game calling action for the Miami Hurricanes. And speaking of that, the guy doing the sideline reporting then, of course, I have John Harris now and this crew, and he's phenomenal. Don Bailey, a friend of mine from Miami, did it then for the Hurricanes Radio Network. He was Jim Kelly's center for the Hurricanes. Great guy. Still works for them, does color commentary. And Don and Tony Fitzpatrick, our next guest, they are good friends And I met Tony in Houston. He was living here already, coaching for the University of Houston. He's 
been there through, well, he'll talk about how many stints he's had coaching with the University of Houston and playing for the Houston Gamblers back in the day. Speaking of Jim Kelly, he was Jim Kelly's roommate when the Gamblers thrived here in the early mid 80s they lived down in sugarland i'm sure there were no parties or any kind of after hours activities in the kelly fitzpatrick household back in the day Mm-mm, no way anyway we were innocently doing the show today out at the field and all of a sudden tony walked up so he had to make an on-air appearance whether he liked it or not a gentleman has come into our broadcast area who i needed to talk to on the air he's a former <laughs> assistant coach with the university of houston Former Houston gambler. A lot of formers here. Tony Fitzpatrick (laughs) played for the Canes. I mean, unbelievable. There's so much we could talk about right here. But, Tony, it's great to see you. How you great doing, Great to see friend? you, Mark. How you doing? I'm doing John, good to see you. I'm doing good to see great. You. Yes. I mean, there's just so much to get to. First of all, how does it feel to be here watching training camp? It's, an, it's exciting yeah. to be back around it. like Because uh, it's been a couple of years and I've been out here and, and yeah. uh, been around it coaching and playing. And, and uh to get the to get the feel, get the hit, see, you know, hear the hits. Hit not a lot of hits because they're you know just shells and helmets and right. but just being around is awesome. Right. When you're going through training camp, Tony, as a coach, yes. What are your thoughts? Survival. Just get the next rep. Like I mean, I know everybody wants to say that the well, we want to see our team improve and all. But as a coach, honestly, especially when it's this hot, what are you thinking about? As a coach, uh, I really try to strive on making sure every step, every hand placement, every look. Uh, that's why I liked a tight side and a tight end yep. zone looking yeah. at the defensive line. And I was also a special teams coordinator, so watching everywhere they're putting their head. They're put, it's just you, you want perfection. And I know it's not in this kind of weather with, with the heat and humidity. Their mind's thinking, gosh, I'm trying to get through the next rep like you said. Yeah. But as a coach, you want them to strive to be the best every play. Okay, can I rat out my partner here? 100%. When special teams comes to practice yes. here Uh-oh. and it starts. Wow. He leaves, goes on his phone, or goes to the bathroom. That's the respect he has for special now, teams now, over here. Practice, Tony. Well, here's the deal. Being a, being a D-line coach and a special teams coordinator, both are most important to me yes. when I was coaching them both. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. and, and you're coaching more people on the team when you're coaching special teams than any, any, any position or any. Ooh, interesting. Any, yes, yes. Well put. Yes, yes. You're you coaching. would love Frank Ross. I yes. can introduce you because he's wonderful, high-energy guy just like you, Tony. Hey, all right, let's go in reverse order here. Miami, what do you think of what they're doing at the University of Miami love right now? Mario, Mario back. Love Mario, the staff. The staff he's put together, uh, Charlie Strong, the strength coach, just everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, he brought a lot of guys from Oregon. Uh, I love I love the transfer portal because the whole defense will be different. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about the NIL. I, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that. But uh, yeah. it, it's it's free agency, right, with the, with the portal and, and, the, and the monies they're, they're throwing out there. I mean, the quarterback has a 750i BMW to the rest of his <laughs> career there, you know. So, yeah. uh, I was talking to Andre Johnson. I said, can you imagine if they had NIL oh, when we were yes, there in the yes, early days? Oh, yes. my gosh. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. Tony, what's the six? What has to be an absolute to have success at Miami? What do you have to absolutely do? As Mario Cristobal takes the job, what does he have to do? Now, he played there, so he knows. What's the key? Players, 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 and big men up front, both sides of the ball. Yeah. You got, you're going to get the speed. You're going to get a quarterback. You got a great quarterback. But big, big, big bodies on both sides of the ball. He knows. He's been at Alabama. Yep. He saw it at Oregon. He's, seen, he's been in some places he knows. But uh, that's that, to me, that and bringing the swagger back in a good way yeah. and have an attitude when you hit the field. Tony, you were Jim Kelly's roommate, USFL, Houston Gamblers in the 80s. Unbelievable stuff. I want to hear all the stories you can't tell on the air. But, well, how weird was it to see the USFL back in whatever form it was? Real weird. Real weird. I tried to watch a couple games. It was hard for me, uh, especially seeing the Houston Gamblers. Um, 
they got some good players, but we have a lot of great players because a lot of those great players went to the NFL, albeit a couple players now have come into some camps, I've yep, seen, right. and which yeah. is good. Mm-hmm. But uh, we had a lot of great players, a lot of great players on, on a lot of teams. It wasn't just a couple guys. Sure. Yeah. No, that was amazing. That Gambler's team was as a young As a young kid, and a tornado didn't mean it like that, but as a young kid growing up, <laughs> and <laughs> yes, the Oilers were sort of struggling when I first got here, and you look up and you're like, hey, man, Jim Kelly and the Gamblers, we do some good things. They resonated in the city when they got here. I'm going to tell you what, a lot of us on the Gamblers thought we could have beat the Oilers. They were at struggling. They were struggling. Yeah. yeah, at that time. That time, absolutely. Can I tell you all while I'm here? Really while I'm yeah. here? Yeah. Okay. My boss, his name is Stan Carter. And okay. he, he, he's from Big Sandy, Texas. Oh, yeah. Guess, guess who his junior high football coach was, the head coach of the junior high, and the linebacker coach of Big Sandy, Lovey Smith. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. And he, he has some stories about him. He's a, he's a general manager and vice president of our company. That's Universal nice. Plant Services. And you guys and, are Texans Lux members. Yeah, we're, well, we're looking at Lux. We got, okay. we got Steven, Steven Freelander. He's working us hard. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Steven, doing a great job. Paper, Seal the deal, Steven. Paperwork right here. Let's go. Let's <laughs> Steven, if you can't sell somebody that went to <laughs> He's doing a great Sandy. job. Yeah. Sandy. Yeah, Come on. Lovey's, yeah, all right. All right. Well, get Lovey, it done. Lovey will be here in a half hour. We'll make this whole thing happen. we got Tony Fitzpatrick here. Look, if you work for anybody, you get a high-energy guy in you. And yes. You have results. It's awesome. All right, one more for you, Tony. Gotcha. Uh, you were an assistant coach, University of Houston, for two or three regimes, four, right? Four, four regimes. regimes. Jack okay. Hardy, John Jenkins, Kim Hilton, Art Bryles. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, so. Which is rare. How much does it blow your mind, the Big 12, the facilities they have now? They've really taken things up a notch. Basketball program, too, with the Fertitta Center. I couldn't be happier for the University of Houston. Um, mm-hmm. I wish Oklahoma and Texas would have stayed in, in the conference, but – Hey, they're going to add some more, more teams. Uh, right. What they're doing over there is exciting. It's fantastic. Matter of fact, I was at Dana Holgerson's golf tournament, and here's Coach Sampson. I've never met him. I said, Coach, you coached the wrong sport. He goes, why is that? He goes, what are you talking about? I said, you should have been a football coach. He goes, no, I played football. Yeah. And they play like that. Mm-hmm. And if they don't play like that, they don't play for me. Wow. Yeah, I love that guy. I yeah. love, the, love the school, what they're doing. Uh, Pesman's doing a great job. Couture is amazing as a president. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of great things are happening over there. How many great stories can you tell us about Andre Ware? Oh, he's the best. He's the best. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. He probably was an amazing player, right? Yeah. Heisman mm-hmm. Trophy winner, all that stuff like that. Didn't, I don't think he got a fair shot in the NFL, but he's even that better of a person. Yep. Yeah. I love Absolutely. him as a person. Mm-hmm. I, I, I reach out to him all, every, time I, every time I see him, I hug him. Every, every, every chance I get, I text him. He's just a great human being. Yeah. Yep, and he's still in our booth. Oh, he's right? the best. He's the best. Beautiful thing. My he's broadcast partner yes. going into our 21st season together. Yeah. Tony, I listen so, to y'all. I know you do. All the time. I, I text you. And, and I really appreciate that. I'll be driving that. throughout the, the state or the country, and I'll listen to you guys, and I'll text you. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's great to see you, yeah. Tony. Great Thanks to see a lot you. for being with us. All yeah, right, Tony you. Fitzpatrick joining us, former Houston Gambler, coach with the Cougars, Miami Hurricane National Championship, 1983. Where in, is that the ring? No. No, that's a different no. one. It's, uh, it's, it's U of H. My, something's wrong. Yeah, it's U of H. That's conference okay. championship. Okay. And then I had my other one. I'm getting it fixed. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. Bernie Kosar. Yes, yes, <laughs> Very yes. nice. Okay. Hey, hey, another good thing back on there? Yeah. Mario wants everybody back. Oh, that's He wants nice. the players back on the sideline. He wants, yeah, he wants that's it back. That's yes, huge. Yes. That's big. He, don't want, he doesn't want it sterile. All right, there's my buddy Tony Fitzpatrick joining us on the program this morning. Thought we'd play a little best of for you. On tomorrow's show, we'll be live again, Texans and Pads, before the day off on Thursday. So you're going to hear all the latest from what is going on with this football team. We mentioned Quentin Demps is going to be on the show, and you never know who's going to show up. Have a great night, everyone. Thank you for listening. Go Texans!